welcome to the Perspective Maintenance Podcast, where we approach topics from different perspectives to help us get unstuck so that we can be the best friend, child, parent, neighbor, and lover that we can be because a rising tide lifts all boats. And you guessed it, you are that tide. Today, we have a bonus episode highlighting another individual who refuses to stay stuck. Misako Kazawa has such an inspiring story, and I'm so grateful for how she shares so openly with us. We actually recorded this last year, but I patiently waited until now because I wanted her podcast to be launched so that you can all go check her out. Masako's podcast is called Why Not Meditate, and I've already gotten so much from it, and I know you will as well. Right after this, go and follow her podcast and listen to the incredible guidance that she has to share because her life has been changed by meditation, and so will yours. This interview is a little bit on the longer side, but worth every minute if you love a good story. Thank you, Masako, for letting me pick your brain on how you refuse to be stuck in the boxes that people keep trying to put you in. Without further ado, here is our interview. Welcome back. This week we have a, well, all of my guests are special. So we have a special guest. Uh, Mazako is uh, joining us today. And I'm so, we had a call the other day and after hearing her story and just resonating with so much of what she's gone through, I wanted to have her on as a guest so that you can hear all the ways that she has felt stuck, been through a lot of struggle, but also where she's at right now and just how incredibly impressed I am at who she is, who she's become, how hard she's worked to get here, and the place of peace and serenity and clarity that she's at right now. And of course, we're all a work in progress. So there is no such thing as perfection. Um, and so seeing uh, Masako's progress has been so inspiring to me, and I hope it will be for you as well. Masako, welcome. Um, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me, John. Oh, 100%. It's hard to not when hearing your story, I just feel so touched in so many different ways. And I would love, you know, for the audience to also get to know you a little bit first before we dig into the questions. So uh, don't worry about timing. uh, But tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. Um, So just to give you a brief introduction of my background, I am Japanese. I was born and raised in Japan, and I lived there for the first 20 years of my life. Mm. And my family still lives there. My entire family still lives there. And uh, my upbringing was somewhat like unique uh, compared to traditional Japanese families in my generation, because mainly because of my dad, he had a very unique perspective of life. He is a philosopher. Oh. That's not what he did for a living, but he is a philosopher. Wow. <laughs> he, um, he had like uh, his own business and he didn't really conform to the societal norms. He wanted to live his life in, you know, on his own terms and according to his beliefs. And so our family life was really influenced by his beliefs. Mm. And one of the like most extraordinary things that I can like just look back 
on my upbringing is that he just started when I was like age nine, he started taking a month off from his work every year during the no. summer. Wow, that's shocking for I know. culture. That's <laughs> I know, shocking. right? Yes. Like we're supposed to be working like no no vacation. Yes. You know? Wow. <laughs> he wanted to like create like memories with his family. And mm-hmm. that was the priority for him. Wow. So he would take like a month of August off from his work. He would just close the business. And then five of us, so my parents, um, my sister, my older sister, my younger brother, and me, five of us will fly to the United States from Japan and then travel throughout the country and sometimes through Canada too. Wow. We would just spend a month traveling. <laughs> That's radical to me to think about that. Know. You know, I love my parents, don't get me wrong, but they have ne- I've never been on a family vacation ever. They oh. don't they don't think that way. I think uh, I'm not going to assume and stereotype all Asian families, mm-hmm. but my mm-hmm. parents just had very much the I'm going to work for you so that yeah. I can make as much money so that I can support yeah. you. And mm-hmm. that means, you know, not doing a ton of things together. The way I show you right. love is to provide for you. So yeah. for me to hear that you went through that, that's radical. And I'm just like, wow, I wish I had that. <laughs> and I'm surprised that like so many people don't have that kind of experience like you said mm-hmm. like the family vacation that was more than like three four days mm-hmm. you know and that really made a significant impact in my own life like in so many ways because first it was an exposure to different culture yes. right like I was like at young age I saw what things were like outside of this tiny country of Japan. <laughs> so I heard the different languages and I saw like different the people in different colors because in Japan, it, pretty much everybody looks like me. Yes. You know, the yes. hair colors, <laughs> the eye colors, we, we look pretty like, you know, the same. Mm-hmm. But like in the United States or in Canada, I mean, the diversity is, you know, so much more obvious yes and that was like a shocking to me at first and then the whole cultural differences too like small differences but like you know like for a nine year or ten years old it's like a shock mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. um, like wow you can eat like donuts and coffee for breakfast I thought <laughs> donuts was just for like you know three o'clock tea time mm-hmm. snack mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just a sample you know example but so that was very um that played a really significant significant role in my life mm-hmm. um also like it gave me a desire to like design my life um by looking at like different options mm. so my image of the united states at that time as like a college student in the United States or high school student, mm-hmm. I had like this image of them living in a dorm with friends mm-hmm. and um, they would just um, get on the skateboard to their classes. That was like my image of college students I in the United it. States. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wanted to experience that. I wanted to experience I just wondered what would would I be, you know, like 
if I lived in a completely different place and spoke a different language than Japanese. And、yes. I wonder what that would be like. So I ended up、um, developing the desire to study abroad. And the opportunity came when I was 20 years old, almost 21.、Um, I was in college in Japan and I got a scholarship to study at Northern Michigan University、mm. in Market, Michigan, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, for one year. And I just, like, age of like, 21, I found myself in the middle of nowhere. Upper Peninsula of Michigan, <laughs> completely different from where I grew up. Yes.、Uh, lots of nature. Yes.、Um, pretty much all the,、um, the people there were like Caucasian、mm-hmm. in Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Yes. There were not really many Asian people there.、Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I just、um, started attending the college there. And It was a very challenging time. Oh, yeah. Because I did not really speak English. And I knew the, the grammar, and you know, I could read and write to some extent,、mm-hmm. but、mm-hmm. really not at the、uh, college level. <laughs> so、um, the first six months was intense. Wow. It was difficult, but at the same time, it was like, very exciting. Because I was exposed to something new and challenging.、Mm-hmm. And I had to really like, apply myself. And like, I think that was the first time when I saw my like, limit, like upper limit. Like,、oh. well, like, this is the extent you know, that I can do. Wow. And from there, I saw myself like, Going beyond the limit. Yes, yes. By just, you know, working hard or studying hard or, you know. And that was, that experience became very um, exciting. Um, I saw, I experienced that my upper limit like shifted, like expanded each、mm. time a little, you know, little、yes. by little. Wow. And I felt like I was more capable as a person. And So, halfway through the one year exchange student program, I decided to transfer. I decided to leave the college in Japan. And I talked to my parents, and, and they, were, they approved because <laughs> I was you know, doing、worried. well at the you know, college、mm-hmm. in Michigan. And so I ended up transferring and、um, got my undergraduate degree there. So, and cool. ever since. I have not really、uh, gone back to Japan to live there. I've、mm. gone back to visit my family,、mm-hmm. but I have been living in the United States since then, like 20 some years.、Mm. <laughs> I remember when we first chatted, we talked a little bit about how being、um, growing up somewhere for a certain period of time and then、mm-hmm. being somewhere else for another long period of time, it's almost like. Both of them are your home, but neither of them are your home. Can you、yeah. speak a little bit to that? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel now, too.、Um, so, like, w- when I left Japan, that was really the first time when I was able to see 
what I was so used to. Like,、mm. I was able to understand like Japanese culture almost like from a, you know, like more objective, you know, perspective.、Mm-hmm. Totally. Because I was not so immersed in it anymore.、Mm. And then I kind of started seeing myself as, at first, I really was conscious, self conscious about being Japanese. Living in a foreign country. Yes. Then、um, that kind of went away as time went on.、Mm-hmm. And I started seeing the American culture as, you know, like from an objective point of view, too. Yes. And I like, there are things I like in both cultures.、Mm-hmm. There are things I don't really like in both,、mm-hmm. too. And now I feel like I'm just, yes, I am Japanese. I look like a Japanese person. And a lot of the Japanese cultures that I grew up in has been deeply ingrained in who I am.、Mm-hmm. But、um, I see myself more of、um, like a citizen of the planet Earth. Yes. And I, when I, whenever I go back to Japan,、um, I feel like I am like, A foreigner walking、mm. on the street there.、Mm-hmm. And I, I, things are familiar,、mm-hmm. you know, and I understand the culture, but I don't like it's, I, I'm not a part of it anymore. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a weird feeling. It's a very weird feeling. <laughs> and I really wanted to speak with you specifically because the Japanese culture has a lot of pressure from、yeah. people needing to. Be a certain way, especially、yes. to look a certain way,、uh, yes. to behave in society、yeah. a certain way. And、yes. when you were able to, let's say, leave Japan and then come、mm-hmm. here, the external pressures of that w a s not there anymore. But then、mm-hmm. now you were here and you were learning、uh, a new way of being. How did you go about a kind of figuring out who you are? Mm-hmm. And because now you don't have this external pressure anymore.、Yeah. And then B, how did you deal with the change in the kind of external、uh, expectations of who you should be? Yeah, well, that's a really good question.、Um, it was both, so not having the culture to define myself,、mm-hmm. so to speak, that was both like liberating,、mm. at the same time, very scary. Yes. I did not know who I was anymore. Wow. For a short time. Yes. It's just、um, because I didn't realize I relied so much on the cultural or societal like, narratives、mm-hmm. that I didn't realize it was defining who I was、mm-hmm. so much.、Mm-hmm. And also, like being away from my family、yes. for the first time. Like, I, my family. Did not really follow any religions. And, but my dad had such a strong belief system.、Mm-hmm. So it was almost like my family subscribed to his own his belief. Yes. Instead of developing you know, each own belief system. Correct. Yes. So、uh, being away from that and、mm-hmm. the country,、mm-hmm. I just felt really lost. To some extent. Yes. And it was fine when things were going well.、Mm-hmm. But so after、um, I graduated from undergraduate、um, degree, after I got the、uh, undergraduate degree, I got married right after that. 
I got married between undergraduate and graduate um, school. Mm-hmm. And the marriage was really challenging because we were both really young and, you know, we did not know like who we were. And mm. we brought in like, you know, like the set of childhood like traumas and stuff. Like, yes. you know, we, yes. we all have that. Yes. Um, uh, some are more severe than others, but, yes. you know, and we were not aware of any of that. And mm. so like life struggles happen and I just did not know how to navigate through that. Mm. Being away from my family's yes. value and also like my cultural and societal narratives. Mm-hmm. I felt very lost. And then that's, um, that was like, I would say that was the hardest, one of the hardest times in my life. I felt like that was like the biggest, the first struggle, life struggle that I had. Up until then, I was kind of riding on this like ship, a boat that was stable. You know, my dad was like, you know, sailing it and I was just a passenger. Yes, it's true. (laughs) And then like, I got into my own boat mm-hmm. and the currents were like choppy and I, I did not know how to sail the boat. I was never, I never learned how to by myself. Mm-hmm. So that's when I kind of opened myself to um, Christianity and spirituality in general mm-hmm. and started um, exploring and searching like a way to cope with this thing called life. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's so interesting. I don't think people realize that moving to a new country, there isn't just the courage that it takes for you to have to pack up your bags and go somewhere else and be somewhere new. There's Mm -hmm. also the additional challenge and courage needed to discover who you are and Mm -hmm. feel lost um, and really be open to seeking uh, who you are again it's an extra unpredicted or almost unexpected challenge Mm -hmm. that kind of comes up and um i think you your story really resembles that yeah i mean i i see it as one of the biggest blessings in my life Mm. but it was not easy Mm -mm. (laughs) No, not at all. And so when you uh, were on this journey of finding yourself with mm-hmm. spirituality, uh, tell us more about that. So, um, yeah, throughout the course of marriage, the challenges were always there. And I did not know how to really handle those. So mm-hmm. I seeked for like help through Christian counseling or friends, you know, who might know better than I do. Mm. And then um, I became a baptized Christian mm-hmm. and then started attending church and started taking Bible classes and, you know, all of those the things. And then I am really thankful that I did that mm-hmm. at that time because mm-hmm. it really laid the solid foundation of who. I am today. Mm -hmm. And um, then we started uh, 
we moved to Chicago. That was like about 15 years ago. And I started working in legal industry at that time. Mm. And then um, we had a a daughter. Um, Now she's 11. And, but the marriage uh, just, we, we could not really stay in the marriage. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And I could not like be, I, I forgot who I was within that relationship mm. and I was kind of numb for the whole time through wow. the, the stress that I, you know, I experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it had to, it had to end. And so um, we got divorced, we got separated when our daughter was two and and it was a a good decision and but it was a very difficult decision yes. at the same time mm, yes <laughs> and um i remember i think this kind of resonates to your the theme of your podcast like you know feeling unstuck and then finding yourself you know um how to like get you unstuck from yes. where you are mm-hmm. and when I was going through a divorce, my friends, you know, found out that, and it was fascinating to see how they reacted mm. to my situation. Yes. So some of them saw me as, oh, this poor little thing, mm-hmm. you, you know, she's going to have to struggle, you know, that's how they saw me mm-hmm. and then gave me their comments and mm-hmm. opinions. And then there were other types of friends who would see me as like, oh, you can do this. You know, you, you're strong and then you make a good decision and you can do this. And that was like really a surprise to me. Yes. Like, okay. They're like all my friends, but they see my own situation in completely different ways. And but neither or wrong or right or bad or good but just so different yes and that's when i really realized like okay that really has nothing to do with who i am yes and i can pick and choose if they're seeing me as two totally different ways two two totally different like characters and future predictions I don't really necessarily have to subscribe either of them. Mm-hmm. Instead, I can create my own narrative. Yes. And live according to that. Wow. So at that time, I made up my mind, like, how do I want to live my life? Who do I want to live my life as? Yes. So I decided, okay, I can be a cool single mom who can, you know, make my own money. Mm-hmm. and provide a great life for myself and for my daughter Yes, and I can take trips with her and, you know, have fun. (laughs) So that was a very profound moment when I realized what they think of you Mm. really has very little to do with who you are. Yes. It's their projection on you. Yes. So if they were, in your shoes that's Mm. how they would feel correct 
not how you feel yes. in reality. <laughs> That's right. One of the reasons why I feel so inspired by you is because a lot of people would um, feel like they would need to stay within the boundaries of what other people see them as. The pressure、mm-hmm. of wanting to stay in a place where they have belonging, quote quote, is too strong,、yes. and they are too afraid to remove themselves from it. When you shared the story with me earlier, you mentioned that there were a lot of your Christian friends who had very conditional acceptance、mm-hmm. to you, and when they found out that you wanted to separate, they almost、um, ostracized you and and were very judgmental of you. And my heart just broke because I experienced、mm-hmm. similar things. And Christians are not perfect, but at the same time, their values are meant to be those who are loving and, and accepting. And so,、um, but yet you did not stay. You didn't feel like you had to cave into that expectation. I feel like I'm seeing a, a trend with you, where you, you know, grew up in Japan. You didn't feel the need to stay within the confines of that because that wasn't who you were. You were in a marriage, but then you didn't feel like that you needed to stay in the、uh, the constraints of that because it wasn't what was best for you. And you, you know, we're in different communities, and you didn't feel like you needed to be in the constraints of that because that was them projecting their expectations on you. Most people would choose to stay stuck. But you didn't.、Mm. Why is that? I am not sure. <laughs> I just felt well. I I think in each container I stayed as long as I could, like endure. Yes. Maybe a little longer than I could.、Mm. It just came to the threshold of like, okay, I I cannot do this anymore.、Got、And、it. sometimes I would just remove myself. Yes. And sometimes the other the container has pushed me out.、Mm. Um, so this is the most recent incident of me, like being outside of the container. Yes, and、okay. this time I got pushed out. Yes. So I told you、uh, that I've been I was working in legal industry、mm. um, for the last fifteen years. Okay. And. I knew that was something I was not called for. Okay. I was good at what I was doing, and it was providing me with a lot of good things like security and yes, um, you know, so,、uh, extent some level of fulfillment,、mm-hmm. and so that was good. But at the same time, I felt like. This is not where I should be, or this、mm. is not the thing that I should be doing with my life. Yes, but I had like so much loyalty toward the people that I was working with,、mm. and I also felt like comfortable to some extent, but uncomfortable too at the same yes. time. Yes. If you know what I mean. Yes. Yes. And then、um, it's just two months ago or so. It just I got laid off. Not for the、uh, my performance or anything,、mm-hmm. for completely different reason. Yes, I got laid off,、yes. and I felt like, oh my goodness, this has just happened. Yes,、oh, and、wow. I didn't even like do anything that could cause me to get laid off. But、mm-hmm. this is a clear sign because I've been like 
just going back and forth and going back and forth and then yes. stayed within a container wow so many times yes <laughs> this is the god universe the higher power telling me like you don't belong here wow. <laughs> get the message yes <laughs> how did you deal with both the shock and the heartache but also mm -hmm. the excitement of the freedom. Do you know what I mean? There's two different yes. sides of the feeling. How did you deal with that? Yeah. So like, that was like, I've experienced this type of thing like a few times already in my yes. life. Yes. So there was a deep understanding inside of me. Like, okay, this is a clear sign. Mm. So it's a good thing. The yes. universe is working for me, guiding mm. me yes so that gave me a sense of peace mm. but at the same time i felt really sad about that like sad about like um the part of my self-identity it was a big part of my you know who yes. i saw myself for yes. years and i felt like i i missed it yes i felt like i was so attached to it too yes and pre-covid like I was in the office every single day, like five days a week, right? Mm. I worked in a fancy office in downtown Chicago mm. and I wore like, you know, like proper outfit to yes. go to work every yes. day. Yep. And that really defined who I was. Yes. That's who I saw myself. Wow. And, and then March of 2020, we started working from home and I was in yoga pants yeah. t-shirt <laughs> like the rest of us yes right. mm -hmm. i didn't have to go into the the nice office i was working on my kitchen table and that really like shifted my ident identity at that time too mm. and i realized doing that for like 20 months i realized that i really like had the the that cultural um the structure of the law firm, yes. the hierarchical structure, yes. really affected me yes. more than I realized. Mm. I saw myself as a person who had the title that I had. Mm -hmm. And I saw the people who had bigger offices or better titles as more like worthy than myself. Sure. And I felt like what they said, um, had more value than mm, what I said. Of course. And yes. I just did not realize how much I was like almost like like muting myself in yes. order to fit yes. in. Yes. And play the part and yes. play the role within yes. the organization. Mm. And yeah. without that external environment, I did not see myself belonging there anymore <laughs> yes it's so true we often don't realize that we are feeling stuck or that mm -hmm. we are conforming more than we realize we are to a certain environment until there's a little bit of separation from it and yeah. then all of a sudden it's kind of like oh what happened how did mm -hmm. i slide into this thing and made it acceptable when yeah. i would never otherwise but it just slowly kind of creeped into your life yeah. For the listeners who are listening right now, who may consider the idea of getting out of a container, 
mm-hmm. or who were recently pushed out of a container, mm-hmm. what would you say to them? Um, so think, I fully believe things happen for a reason. Mm. Of course, you play the part, but there's a bigger part that's not played by you. So just having that understanding would help you handle the situation a little mm. more gracefully. Yes. And I think it's one of the greatest interventions that you could have in your life. Yes. Because it's, you could build something new or something, it will give you a pause first to really think of what you actually want, what you actually like, who Mm -hmm. you want to be. Um, apart from the container that you had, mm-hmm. like almost protecting you, um, it might be scary, and that's okay. Mm. But the scare, the scariness, is giving you the information. Mm-hmm. It's a precious source of information. Pain is a great source of information, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel the pain? Why do you feel scared? Because it's trying to tell you something. There's a message to you. Mm, yes. And the message might be like, you know, like revisiting your inner child, asking, you know, what you are afraid of, mm. what you got hurt when you were a child, and what you're trying to protect you from. Maybe you were like, you felt abandoned, you yes. know, when you're a child, and mm. then you feel like this is another, you know, event that's mm-hmm. similar to that. So mm-hmm. you, want to avoid it as much as possible your inner child you know wants to avoid it as much as possible and trying to protect you or i mean but there's always a silver lining in everything and i don't mean it like in a negative way like i'm i don't mean like well there's you know let's see the positive in like a horrible situation i don't really mean that no but in the like if you kind of step back and then look at your life as like a landscape mm. of timeline. Yes. Then you're at this point right now, and then you could you're out of the container, and yes, you, from here on, you could choose different timelines. It could be a different location. It could be a different organization. It yeah. could be, a, you know, you could choose. Yes. And then. You know, there would be a period of time when you might be confused or like in search for the next step. Mm-hmm. But that's a beautiful time. Yes. That wow. you didn't have when you were so immersed inside of the container. Mm. What a brilliant so, opportunity to really reflect and yeah. think about things because I think when we're just go, go, go. And we're used to being in a certain system. There isn't much time for reflection or need of it. But when we are all of a sudden in a position where we uh, are not in that system anymore, then there's an opportunity to reflect and for us to be more clear about who we are. You mentioned about the feeling of um, missing 
the mm-hmm. previous container or, or mm-hmm. almost the attachment that you had to it. Yeah. Well, I think it's so important for our listeners to know from what you shared that mm-hmm. when there is the removal of us from a container, there will be that, that time that comes where we will miss the attachment yeah. to what we had before. Uh, can you speak a little bit more about that and how you were able to detach yourself from that attachment? Mm. Let's see how I do it. Um, yes, there is um, a grieving to come yes. with. Yes. And when I, um, even when I got divorced, and it, even though it was a good decision, the right decision, mm-hmm. there was a grief you know, grieving process, of course. right? Period of time yes. that the life that could have been if I were in that container, mm-hmm. that possibility that did not happen mm. is no longer there. Yes. <laughs> um, but was it really like possible? Mm. Was it really going to fulfill me? If I stayed. Yes. I mean, like asking yourself those questions might help you, you know, navigate through that hard time. Mm-hmm. Also, like from the, you know, getting out of the container of workplace, a specific type of workplace. Yes. Yes, there was a, a grieving, you know, time period. Um and I, the, the, the night when I heard the news, I, I really cried. I, yes. I didn't think I was that sad, but I, I really cried because it was the end of the portion of my life, yes. the phase of my life. Yes. And even though I knew it was not my so calling or mm-hmm. you know not like the hundred percent my potential mm-hmm. or any anything like that it was still like a death of the end yes. of yes. the era mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's always you know there are many good parts in the container yes. that I enjoyed and so it's the first you you can like appreciate the good things within a container that you just mm, left yeah and um give thanks to those people or the things or whatever that you know that you used to embrace and then you can kind of like rest it put it somewhere mm. and then kind of examine like yeah this was good Mm-hmm. This part was like I really liked, but that part was not really serving me well. Mm. Like kind of looking at it from an objective point of view. Correct. Like removing yourself from the the container. Yes. And then from there, like you can give yourself like enough time to really grieve. Yes. And don't feel you don't have to feel bad about it. Mm. you're justified to feel however you feel correct 
but know that that's not really the end.、Mm-hmm. It's the beginning of wow, something that you、yes. you would love more.、Mm-hmm. The same thing with ending a romantic relationship, right? Yes, it's sad. It's horrible.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might not want to get up again. You know, get out of bed ever again for、yes. like a few days or a few weeks, or、mm-hmm. I don't know the extent. You know that you need to take time, and then, but like at some point, emotion kind of fades, and you can see things a little clearer. Mm-hmm. And then, without the the hard, you know, ship that you went through, without the emotion, then you can kind of collect the lessons or learning that you, you know, went through. Yes, and it gives you a different perspective. Totally! Wow, you're so insightful, Masako. I think <laughs> there is so much reflection that has happened and. I love to kind of conclude with you sharing with us how meditation has played a part in all of that because I know for myself reflection really comes from being still, being able to sit in my own thoughts, not run away from the discomfort of that.、Mm-hmm. And I know that meditation has made such a big impact on you, and、yes. I'm so excited to learn more about it、uh, from you through your podcast and be on this journey with you. I would love for For the listeners to hear about your journey with meditation. Yes, so I started meditating maybe four or five years ago. So after divorce, and I was going through a rough time, and、mm. physically, mentally, emotionally, I needed help. So I searched for a lot of ways to improve my, you know, well beings. And、yes. then meditation was just one of the things I tried. I was like, "What do I have to lose? I'm just desperate. I, I'm gonna try anything that I can get my hands、mm-hmm. on."、Yes. And so I tried that. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how, like, the right way, wrong way. I did not know. I just searched on YouTube or you know, <laughs> and start listening and and doing the meditation, so-called meditation. And then I realized. I don't remember the exact time frame when I started seeing the results、mm-hmm. or effects,、mm-hmm. but I started、um, catching myself. Like I was thinking something, almost like unconsciously thinking something, and then I would catch myself. Like, well, I was thinking this. Is that really what I want to think? Oh, like is this a good thoughts for me? Is this serving me? Wow. And it's almost like you are this third person outside of yourself,、oh, yes, looking at what you're yes. thinking, that's and right, and <laughs> catching yourself like, "Wow, I was thinking this." <laughs> wow, and then that's the most powerful things. Like your thoughts are so powerful, right? Yes, and we all have the choice to think a thought. You can pick a thought.、Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, you have to be first aware of what you're thinking,、mm-hmm. and meditation helps you to build the muscle to know what you are thinking. Whoa! I never heard it that way before. That makes so much sense. Yes, right. So once you know what you're thinking, then you can examine if that thought is good for you or not. 
Mm. If not, if, if, if it's good, then keep thinking that if not, then you can replace it with something better. Wow. And that's so powerful. Yes. Yeah. So simple. The concept is so simple, but it takes practice. Yes. Because it's like working out, you know, building muscle. Mm. It takes work. And the work is kind of kind of boring. You know, (laughs) I wouldn't say like, like meditation is like the most fun thing that you can do with your life. No, Mm. it's more like, like lifting weights or brushing your teeth. Right. Sure. Yes. That motion, that action itself is kind of boring, but the results effects are amazing. Right. Like if you only brush your teeth once a month, (laughs) Oh no. One year later, Correct. The results would be horrible. Yes. But if you brushed it like every day, the mm-hmm. results after a year will be so much better. Yes. It's so interesting <laughs> because I think we see something that the thing that we're doing and we mm-hmm. judge it by the sexiness of that. Yeah. But we don't think about the result of that. And yeah. so you're right. Brushing our teeth is not sexy at all. But at the end of the year, if we have nice teeth, that is very appealing. Yes. <laughs> Meditation is not sexy at all. But at the end of a year, when we are this very mentally stable mm-hmm. and strong and resilient person, that is so attractive. And so why are we judging an mm-hmm. action based off of what it is in the moment and not seeing it for the long-term results of what it could be. I love that you're showing us this perspective. It's invisible too. So that's hard to, you know, um, measure. Yes. The teeth, the dental hygiene is kind of easy to see, <laughs> and, mm. you know, more visible, but mm. the effects, positive effects of meditation might be more subtle. Mm. It might not like be as apparent, mm-hmm. but it is like, really substantial. Yes. And I'm sure the people in your life notice as well. I think it's one of those things where um, I, I, when I have some friends who have, I have a lot of, lots of friends who have kids and when they, the baby was first born, they're with them all the time. So it's a little bit harder to see whether they've grown or not. Yeah. But for a person to come and visit after, you know, two months, they'll be like, Whoa, there's so much growth with this baby. And so it's the same thing with us when we are doing meditation, when we are working on ourselves, we might not see that much growth because Mm -hmm. we feel like we're the same person that we see in the mirror all the time. But little do we know because we are so now it's a habit to replace our critical thoughts with healthy thoughts. Mm -hmm. Then after a couple of months, when our friends see us, they'll be like, oh, who is this person? Who who have you become? How did you become this person? Mm -hmm. It's very interesting And if we choose to not uh, be convinced by what we see and we take the time to work on ourselves, then the results could be quite drastic. Yes. And then it's so exciting. Yes, it is. (laughs) It's almost magical, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, this, uh, I feel like this interview is a perfect example of us seeing the results of all of the hard work you've put in on yourself we're gleaning the, the benefits of that, but the process that you went through was so hard and so tedious. You really are a prime example of resilience and somebody who 
are, is willing to do the hard work to get the better results. And we're here and enjoying that right now. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us and your vulnerability. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We're all like more powerful than we are made to believe. Wow. We've been told by so many like people or societal messages, like schools, like everything that we grew up in, they probably told us that we are not enough. Mm-hmm. We're not like as powerful. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have choices. Mm-hmm. We're only like this certain way. Mm-hmm. But is that really true? No. I think the scary yeah. thing with systems is that the system is designed for us to stay within the system. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, that's so the no uh, system purpose, will right? tell you, <laughs> oh, you know, look at other things and then come back <laughs> and see how great this is. No, they will say whatever they need to say to keep you in the system. And I love that um, you are empowering the listeners to think differently than the system, be courageous enough to explore the way that you may have left Japan or the way that you may have chosen to leave a relationship that was not good for you, or even the way that you've chosen to look at the new opportunity you have now to do something different with your career as all opportunities to be outside of a system. And I, I am so excited to hear from the listeners, the results of them thinking this way as well. So a couple of rapid fire questions um, before we end, if you're up for that. Sure. Amazing. I would love to, can you tell the listeners what is one of your favorite movies? Uh, it would be La La Land. Oh. I love the music. I love the dance. I, I love all of that. Mm. But also like I love at the, toward the very end, I'm going to ruin this too, for the people <laughs> well, who have it. has been out for a long time, so they haven't seen it, then it's their fault. Yes. <laughs> Uh, toward the end of the movie um there's like the moment that um the main character sebastian goes back to the moment when he first met emma Mm -hmm. Emma, um that's not her name in a in a movie but um and he goes through this another timeline like okay what if i just took a completely different um action at Mm -hmm. that specific point of time yes. and then storyline would have gone this way instead of that way <laughs> that was like the critical moment of yes. the timeline of mm. his life and yes. you know his encounter with her mm-hmm. and that is so realistic yes because wow. we have that moment in our lives and like it's just a split second that you know you decide what to do at that mm-hmm. point yes and that could lead you to a completely different life so and true I, I just love that storytelling and mm. it's also like uh, showing us how it is possible for us to write our own story story yes. That's we right. are the writer and director and a producer of our own life movie yes I love so, that. And yeah, I, I love totally, that movie. Yes. I love that you said that. And I totally believe that you believe that you're living that thought right now. And it's so inspiring. What is a book that's impacted you a lot? Um, so growing up, I used to love to read. Mm. And one of my favorite books growing up was A Little Princess. 
Oh, cute. By、um, Francis Barnett. And I don't know if you have read it, but I've read it like so many times when I was a child.、Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating because this girl who used to, like, who grew up like, in wealth,、um, loses her dad. And then she becomes a completely like、uh, poor, you know. Like orphan.、Oh, okay. And then, but she still like sees herself as a princess. Yes. And she uses her imagination. And it turns out to be that her dad's friend had this fortune saved up for her.、Whoa. And then, indeed, she is a prince. It's just a really like a good use of imagination. And、wow. like seeing yourself who you are, like you can decide, you know. Regardless of your like outside external situation.、That's、so、great. I love that.、Um, but the book that impacted me the most、um, the last maybe 10 years is、um, Becoming Supernatural by、oh. Dr. Joe Dispenza. Cool. He is a meditation teacher、yes. and master. And that book really sealed me in the, the world of meditation. Wow, I love it. Well, I'm going to go check out both of those books because they sound fascinating and I can see the impacts that it's had on you for sure.、Um, there are so many different kinds of food that you must have had throughout your culture and also <laughs> traveling here. What is your, what is your, one, of your, one of your favorite meals? I would say, like, I mean, I love anything Japanese,、mm. but if I have to pick,、uh, it'll be like,、um, A meal like set that you get at you know, Japanese restaurants.、Um, it'll be like grilled fish, some sort of grilled fish,、mm. and rice, miso soup, and some sort of like pickles or something.、Yes. I could eat that every day. I love it, like a bento <laughs> of some kind.、Yeah. Yes, I know it's so good. You get the variety and it's fresh.、Yeah. And, oh, I love that. What is something that you're looking forward to the most right now?、Uh, I guess. A lot of things are in the unknown right now for me.、Mm-hmm. And uncertainty used to really bother me, but not as much anymore because now I know、um, I can kind of decide what, thing, what the next things would be.、Mm. I'm not like,、um, like a victim of that, you know. That uncertainty. Circumstances, yes. Yeah, circumstances. So,、um, what am I looking forward to? I guess just taking the next step to fulfilling who I will be. Yes. <laughs> It's、that's、really、so、ambiguous. That's so, no, that's so exciting. I think not having anything one clear thing, because I think sometimes when we have that thing, we almost idolize it and then we、mm. chase after it. But you、yeah. have a blank slate right now to really decide what you want to do next. And that is so exciting. I'm very, I, it's you know, nerve wracking, of course, but it's also exciting. I'm very excited for you.、Um, and then, what are you the most grateful for right now? Oh, a lot of things. But I guess、um, having this awareness. Yes. The awareness of like who I am. And who I have been and who I could be.、Mm. Um, because I didn't have that awareness years ago. 
mm-hmm. and then the life was harder mm. without that. Yes. So I am thankful that I have that awareness now. Wow. And I know that other people will also benefit in their life if they had a higher level of awareness the same way that you do. And I know by following your journey, they can learn so much more about awareness and be in this place where they're so much more liberated and free and themselves than they ever would be otherwise. So that's so exciting. Where can people go and find you? Um, I'm on Instagram. My handle name is Masakozawa underscore photography. And I also have a Facebook group called Mm -hmm. Why Not Meditate? Yes. Uh, That's also the title of my podcast. I have a trailer out right now and the official launch date is January, 2022. Amazing. Yes. And I love that you uh, titled it that way. Why not meditate? Because there are so many benefits to it. And yet sometimes we overlook it. And so really, why shouldn't we meditate? That's actually the better question than why should we (laughs) meditate? Because there's so much that we can get from it. Yes. It's simple. It's free. You don't have to pay anybody anything. You can do it anywhere, anytime. And, but the benefits are priceless. Mm, So true. So everybody go and grab your phone right now and follow Masako. It is M-A-S-A-K-O. And then Z-A-W-A. Oh, yeah. My full name is Masako Kozawa. M-A-S-A-K-O-K-O-Z-A-W-A. Yeah, and if you search that, then. Yeah, you'll find her on Instagram. Look yeah. at all of her content. She always posts very reflective things. I sometimes just look through her posts and I think I think so much more and I'm so much more aware just by following her and her content. So everybody go and follow her and make sure you look up her trailer, listen to it, follow it so that you'll find out uh, when the first episode launched. You do not want to miss this. Thank you so much for joining us today, Masako. Thank you so much for your time, John. It was such a pleasure and we will talk to you all soon. 